heard about this uh, lady. She purchased this little statue of Christ, and uh, she brought it home, and she put it upon the mantel. And after a day or so, she took it off the mantel, and she put it on the desk there in the living room. After a few days, she took it and put it there on the dresser in the bedroom. And a few days later, she moved it again. And the whole time, there, the little girl was watching her. And one morning, they got up, and the little girl looked at her mom. She says, where are you going to put God today? <laughs> Good question. Where are you going to put God today? Where is God in your life today? One thing that I find that is interesting over and over and over again, the Bible refers to Jesus Christ as the Lord Jesus Christ. And that so many times we have failed to realize that he is Lord. And therefore, we come together today not making him Lord, but we submit to him as Lord. Whether you make him as Lord or not, my friend, he is Lord. And we need to recognize the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll never forget, every time I preach on the lordship of Jesus Christ, I'm reminded of an incident that happened to me in a church several years ago. I was preaching there, and uh, I was preaching on the lordship of Jesus Christ, which I'm going to be preaching on today. And immediately after the service, the deacons had a deacons meeting. And they wanted to meet with me and the pastor. So I go and I go and I sit down with them. And they said, you're preaching heresy. I said, what do you mean? Says that... uh, You say that when you invite Christ to come into your life, that he becomes Lord of your life and says, no, that comes in stages. I says, no, that's not the way the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches he, we confess with our mouth, what and who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, I'm going to preach on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't want me to preach, my friend, you do ask me to leave and I will leave. But I couldn't believe that. That they were some that would looks to that today you accept him as Christ, as your Savior. And then later on, you make him Lord of your life. My friend, he is Lord. And we need to recognize him as Lord. Today, we're going to look at another individual in the Old Testament that maybe you're not real familiar with. His name is Eliashib. Eliashib was a high priest. And there, 
in the days of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, of course, as you will recognize immediately, that he had one ambition, and that was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. They had been torn asunder, and they had been in shambles. It was a reproach against God, and God now has led Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so, therefore, let's look at what the Bible has to say about Eliashib. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Nehemiah chapter 3, Eliashib. Eliashib was a man that represented lordship in his life. He made sure that God was first in his life. Is, he, is Christ first in your life today? I pray that he is. Let's stand and let's read accordance to the word of God in reverence to the precious word. The Bible says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and built the sheep gate. Don't forget that. The sheep gate is very important. They consecrated it and hung its doors. They built as far as the Tower of the Hundred and consecrated it. Then as far as the Tower of Hananel, next to Eliashib, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zachor, the son of Emerah built. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will make us aware of the importance of allowing Christ be Lord over all within our life. Father, we thank you for your precious word. And we thank you for a man by the name of Eliashib who placed Christ, God, first in his life. And I pray, dear Lord, that today that there will not be a single child of God that will walk out the doors of this church without acknowledging Christ as Lord and submitting to his authority and his rule and reign in their life. That is our prayer. Anoint us. Fill us with your spirit. Use us for your glory. Give us the words and the power that will bring to the attention of who Christ is. In Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you, may be seated. Nehemiah chapter 3 is an interesting book. In fact, as you read it, you will read its name after name after name after name. In fact, I believe there's 38 names. It's almost like the Hebrew telephone book. I mean, it is, it is amazing. And some of the names you can pronounce, some of the names you cannot pronounce. And so, uh, as the one preacher says, when he comes to one of those names, he just says, hard name, hard name, hard name. <laughs> I feel that way sometimes. As I've gone to investigate some of these uh, men in the Bible, 
in the Old Testament, their names have become very difficult. And I'm so grateful that we have a computer that we can go online and find out how to pronounce those names sometimes, because I certainly want to pronounce them. But I want to talk to you a little bit about this morning, about the Lordship of God in your life. The first thing that I want us to see and recognize is the role that pictures lordship. Eliashib. Eliashib, the Bible tells us that by his office, he was a priest. And immediately you begin to recognize by his occupation, you would assume that he was consecrated for the Lord God. And here, by this His life was symbolic of the lordship of God in his life. Now, there's two things I want you to notice about Eliashib. First of all, I want you to notice his title. We've already referred to that already, that he was a priest. He was a high priest, the Bible says in chapter 3, verse 1. In other words, he was a spiritual leader. He was a spiritual leader among God's people at this particular time. Someone who is consecrated with God, allowing God to be first in his life. And he was not just of talk, but he was a man of actions. All talk is cheap, is it not? We can come to church on Sunday and we can say glory, hallelujah, and then go out the door and on Monday we live more like the devil than we do of God. What a shame. What a shame for a child of God who called themselves Christians not live that consecrated life on Monday as he would live it on Sunday. And so therefore, we want to know, notice that just by the terminology of Christian, that should tell people that God is first in your life. That you're not just by all talk, but you're one that walks the talk. People expect a high priest. They expect someone like a pastor to live a consecrated life. They would expect him to live a life that would demonstrate the cause of Christ. Well, my friend, and when they do not... It brings a black mark, does it not, on the ministry of the gospel. We've seen that. We've seen people who have called themselves to be pastors or preachers or evangelists that have fallen into immorality. And oh, how it had diminished and blackened the name of the cause of Christ in their life. You lose that respect. I pray every day, oh God, protect me. Protect me that I would not make a foolish mistake that would bring shame upon the name of Christ. Oh God, keep me from and protect me that I'll never bring shame upon my wife or my children or my grandchildren. But my friend, I want you to understand, God doesn't expect any more out of me than he expects out of you. You have the same responsibility 
People are watching you. And the only Bible that some people will ever read is your life. And so therefore, my friend, by being consecrated to the Lord, Eliashib was a priest. But I want you to notice not only his title, but the task of Eliashib also plays and shows us the role of the picture of lordship. The Bible says he was just not just a priest, but he was the high priest. There were many priests that day, but there were only one high priest. And you remember what the responsibility of a high priest is? On the day of atonement, he would go into the holy of holies. On the day of atonement, he would go on the behalf of the people of that day. And there he would stand between them and God. And there he would come into the very presence of Almighty God. Jesus spoke one time and he said that you and I are the light of the world. One time he said that We are not only the light of the world, but we're the salt of the earth. Christians are to influence, just like Eliashib did. He influenced the people of that day to walk with God and to live accordingly uh, as the commandments had given direction. Christians is someone who's to put God first. And so, Eliashib is a perfect picture of a man who had put God first in his life, and therefore, he was Lord of his life. But I want you to go a little bit further with me into the Scriptures. And I want you to see something that even helps us to understand Lordship a little bit further in the life of Eliashib. And that is the rebuilding that proves the Lordship of his life. Now, it's obvious thing when one sees and when they read Nehemiah that it is a book of building. God had laid it upon the heart of Nehemiah, a brokenness to go and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that they had laid in shambles and it was a reproach against a holy God. And so chapter 3 takes us almost on a counterclockwise tour around Jerusalem. And you're able to see thousands of people working working, rebuilding the wall, rebuilding the wall as a sign of protection as well as sovereignty. Now, I want you to notice how Nehemiah assigned the work. Nehemiah was a great leader, and he knew exactly how to get his people to work in such a fashion to accomplish the task that was before them. This was no small task, as you can well imagine. I remember when I went back, when I went to Israel, and I went into the city of Jerusalem, and I looked at the mask walls around Jerusalem. 
all, I thought, that they did this by laboring of mankind. They did this in, without machines as we have today. But they did it with hard labor. And what Nehemiah did, he assigned a man a particular section of the wall to be rebuilt. Now, I think it's interesting. As you go in chapter 3 and you look in verse 10 and then you look in verse 23 and you look in verse 29, there's a little phrase that says, and in front of the house, and in front of the house. In other words, he assigned people to rebuild the wall in front of the house that they lived in. Very clever. Very clever. Very smart that Nehemiah was expressing as he had the people to build the wall in front of their house. You say, now why is that so important? Well, number one, It was for safety, that they were protecting their own home. Number two, it was convenient. It was convenient that they were able to do it right there in front of their house. But number three, it was because they would do a much better job and would take more pride and try to distribute more of its workmanship in front of their own house. What a tremendous thing. They took personal interest as they did it in front of their house. But I find it interesting. I find it interesting as you look at this passage of Scripture that of how Eliashib assessed his work. The Bible says in chapter 3, verse 1, says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and they built the sheep gate. Now, isn't that interesting? You say, well, what's so interesting about that? The sheep gate was not in front of the house of Eliashib. He was not assigned, but I think he volunteered to say, I will build in front of the sheep gate. The sheep gate was close to the temple. The sheep gate was from the market that they would bring those precious little lambs and sheep into the temple, and there they would sacrifice those precious little lambs on the altar. And the blood would be shed. In other words, Eliashib said that the spiritual is more important to me than the material. It's more important to take care of the matter of the relationship that mankind has with a holy God in a spiritual way than it is for me to go and take care of my own home. What a tremendous man of God. Realizing and recognizing that there at the sheep gate, that if God's people was going to be in a proper relationship with a holy God, there had to be a proper spiritual relationship. So, part of the rebuilding 
He put God first. Sad truth today. Many believers will not do that. They will take matters of the material and the physical and see that that's more important than the spiritual. What a shame. The bottom line is that many believers have never surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That they have never placed him first in his life. You say, well, I I, uh, come to church on Sunday. But is that all? My friend, I want you to understand worship is a seven-day occurrence. It's not just a one time a week. Every day should be a day of worship. We come together corporately once a week. But my friend, if you haven't worshiped before you got here, probably you're not going to worship while you're here. You prepare yourself by worshiping the Lord and placing him first. Think about it today, so many people will allow Sunday to become any other day than the day of the Lord's. Right. We'll put sports before it, we'll put activities before it, we'll put families before it, we'll put other things before it, and if we have time left, we'll go to church. God help us. You can tell it when the offering plate goes by. Is Christ first in your life? My friend, if he's first in your life, your tithes will be there in that offering plate. You say, well, preacher, I don't, I don't like that kind of preaching. Well, you take it up with the Lord then. I believe that the Bible says that the first fruit should go to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the first fruit is taken care of, my friend, the house of God would not go lacking. We would not be struggling financially if every single person, child of God, was giving God the first fruit of their salary and their income. And so Eliashib, was a man that placed God first. What does the Bible say? What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? Seek ye what? First the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Then all these other things shall be added unto you. Emily Post, an expert on adequacy of yesteryear, was asked the question, what is the correct procedure when one is invited to the White House but has a previous engagement? I like what she said. She said an invitation to dine at the White House is a command and it automatically cancels any other engagement. Well, my friend, I want to remind you something. When you accept the invitation of the Lord Jesus Christ, that counsels everything else out. Everything else. Heard about this uh, young Navy recruit. He went to the officer and he asked the officer if he could get off 
for a little while to go to a wedding. And the officer says, I will give you leave, but you must be back here at 7 p.m. He said, but you don't understand. I'm in the wedding. The officer said, said, you don't understand. You're in the Navy. (laughs) My friend, we're in the army of the Lord. And we need to recognize that. Adrian Rogers used to say this. And I've got it written down in my Bible. And you've probably heard it before. If he's not Lord overall, he's not Lord at all. Right. And my friend, that is so true as we look here. The most important matter in the life of Eliashib was placing God first. Is he first in your life? I encourage that he is. So we've looked at already this morning the role that pictures lordship. We've even looked at the rebuilding that proves lordship. But thirdly, what about the rewards that promotes lordship? You remember Matthew 6, that I quoted to you a few moments ago? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... Now notice what it says. And all these things. Now what things is he talking about? Well, he's already listed them there in the context of that scripture of chapter 6. Food, fortune, future, finances. He's listed all those things. And he says that if you seek God first, I'll promise you I'll make all these things come to pass in your life. I will meet those needs. I will take care of those needs. So let's look at the portion that was attended It says in chapter 3, verse 20 of Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah, it says, After him, Baruch, the son of Zebai, carefully repaired the other sections from the buttress to the door of the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. You say, well, what does that mean? There was a man by the name of Baruch. Baruch was an excellent carpenter. In fact, he was a far better carpenter than Eliashib. But he saw Eliashib over here building the sheep gate, taking care of the sheep gate. And at the same time, his old house was not being taken care of. The wall there at his own house. Baruch says, I'm going to go and I'm going to take care of Eliashib's house. I'm going to go and I'm going to take care of the wall in front of the house of Eliashib. 
And the Bible goes on a step further, and it talks about of how he took care of the portion of Eliashib when Eliashib was taking care of God's house, the sheep gate. But I want you to notice the portion that was amended here. Eliashib being the high priest, carrying out the role of the spiritual It says in verse 20 that Baruch carefully repaired the word describing the works of the worker, the works of the carpenter. And that literally what he's saying is that the results were that what Baruch had done would have been far greater and far better than if Eliashib had gone and done it himself. What happened there? Because Eliashib had placed the importance of the spiritual, of the sheep gate. God sent somebody else to take care of his needs. Oh, how many times, how many times have I seen God takes care of those things Things when you seek God first, the spiritual. I'll never forget, and I've shared with you numbers of times, but I, I, it just reminds me more and more about the importance of lordship. When we were getting ready to go to seminary, I would do like what anybody else would do. I sat down and I began to add up all of my responsibilities. And then I began to look at what I was receiving as far as a paycheck. Brenda and I was praying whether we're going to seminary and I was thinking, how in the world can I afford to go to seminary? I can't afford living out of two houses. And I just felt like if I was going to seminary, that if I could travel, my family could travel. I did not want to be separated from my family during that time. I remember one night, Brenda came to me and she said, well, what are we going to do? And I said, we're going to seminary. She says, well, how are we going to do it? I said, we're going to increase our giving. She said, well, how can we do that? I said, I don't know. But I believe God will honor us for that. I increased my giving by $10 a week. And $10 would seem like $500 to me at that time. And I want to tell you what happened. We went three years, and we traveled 250 miles each way. We'd go up on Sunday evening after church, and we'd come back on Friday after school. And I would take care of my congregation on Saturday, and I'd preach on Sunday and preach Sunday night, and we'd leave, and we'd do this for three years. 
I never had a flat tire. My car never broke down. I never ran out of gas. The wash machine never broke. And we never missed a meal. How did we do it? God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I believe that with all my heart. God has proven himself. Those that will honor God, God will honor them. And my friend, I'm here to tell you, Eliashib learned that lesson. There was a man by the name of Judson W. Van Deventer. He was an artist. His heart desire was to become a world-renowned artist. He went to school. He studied under some very famous German artists. And there he became a very wonderful artist. Until finally, he was in a little church one Thursday night. It was during a revival meeting. And God spoke to him, says, I want you to become an evangelist. Later on, he became a licensed lay preacher. But he still had the burning desire to be an artist. Nothing wrong with that. But yes, there was, because that was his desire. God's desire was for him to become an evangelist. Five years he wrestled with the calling of God upon his life. In a service such as something like this today, God gripped his heart and said, Justin, you have not really put me first. And he says, until you put me first, I cannot bless you. And he surrendered his life to him and the calling of God, and he became an evangelist. Later on, He wrote a hymn that earmarked that special day in his life. You're familiar with it. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Have you surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ? The greatest thing that you will ever do is to say, I surrender. 
No longer, no longer wrestle, no longer fight, but to say, Lord, I've not allowed you to be the Lord of my life like you should. I've been bought with a price. I am not my own. And I surrender all. And all to thee I give. If you have not done that, I'm going to encourage you to do that today. You'll become a better believer. You'll become a better father. You'll become a better husband. You'll become a better wife, a better mother. You'll become a better person because you've placed yourself under the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Eliashib learned what it meant for the Lord to be Lord over all.